These guys know more than your favorite team's general manager. These are the Armchair Athletes, hosted by Taylor, Terrell, and Clayton. The best place to get your craving for all the top sports. Only on CMRU.ca. Buy students for you. How's it going, folks? Armchair Athletes Season 3. Uh, I'm Terrell. Clayton. Taylor. And Will. We got some big news really all around every sport uh, at this point. Um, but I think things you start off with is uh, congratulations to the Texas Rangers, you know, World Series champions, first time in their franchise history. Um, kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago where we were saying that really the MLB postseason had been relatively disappointing, especially leading up to the championship uh, series. Um, and then the uh, championship series really, you know, kind of brought everyone's hopes back up because, you know, we had some Game 7s and it was really exciting. And then World Series comes around and kind of a bummer again. But, you know. I think Texas, the Texans just played really well. They I, did. Like, I don't know if it was, like, it was just a good good performance. Yeah. Like, I don't think it would have been a bad – like, it wasn't really a bad series. I just think no. one team just showed up and the other one didn't. Really. It was just – I was kind of hoping for – like, I think we all said that, you know, going to six or going to seven when you were doing predictions. And I think everyone was kind of hoping for that. Mm. Didn't happen, obviously. Uh, went five games. So, gentlemen, sweep for the Texas Rangers. That's pretty, you know, good stuff for them. I honestly thought that after Garcia and Scherzer would be out. Scherzer? Yeah, Garcia was a big loss. I kind of thought that it could have shifted the series. but And then at the same time, it didn't really do anything. But Yeah. I mean, obviously, they won without Garcia, so. And Scherzer didn't play a huge role. No. Really in the playoffs at all. Retirement, but. retirement home. He's going there next season, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so really it was just kind of like you said, one team played well, the other team didn't really live up to expectations. The Texas offense really came through in every game other than game two, um, and they just they put up a lot of big leads fast in a lot of the games, um, especially game four. You know, they had just piled on a bunch of runs, ended up being 11-7 to was the final score. Um because wasn't it like 10 nothing at one point? It was, and then the, the Diamondbacks put up all their runs in, like, I think the last two innings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that would that could have been a close game. Really, game five could have been close as well because Zach Gallon had a no-hitter going into the seventh inning um, before World Series MVP Corey Seager broke it up with a single, and then that was followed up by two more hits from the Rangers, and he scored the winning run. So uh, I guess that's the other thing. Shout-out to Corey Seager. Um, in the World Series, slashed 286, 375, and 762. Three home runs, six RBI, and 16 total bases in five games. Um, throughout the entire postseason, he hit 318 with a 451 on base and 682 slugging. Six home runs, 12 RBIs, and seven game, 17 games. Sorry. Um, he was just, he's been like a phenomenal playoff performer since forever. Um, now that's his second World Series MVP that he's won. Really kind of, like you said, mentioned the Adolis Garcia injury, really kind of carried the team after that. Um, Marcus Semien had a couple good hits. At the end, because yeah. he started out oh, very, very, struggling. very poorly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it was really, it was Corey Seager's team there for, you know, the end of it, and that Texas offense was just too much for the Diamondbacks to overcome. Um, and uh, one, of the, one of the things I saw after game four uh, was that Corey Seager had some similar postseason stats to Mr. October Reggie Jackson. Uh, at the time, they had both played 77 career games, and now Seager's at 78. Um, 
So Seager has him matched with 48 RBI and has him up by one homer, 19 to 18. So that's pretty crazy when you consider that Reggie Jackson's probably one of the most prolific postseason hitters in baseball history. Uh, however, Seager, although they do have some of our games, Seager has had 28 more plate appearances. So that's a bit of an asterisk, but whatever, still a cool stat. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, the Adolis Garcia injury was like a big, big loss. Obviously not big enough to affect the series in any meaningful way, but I think he had that World Series MVP locked up if he didn't get injured. If he stayed healthy, I think it was pretty much his award to lose. Um, in the yeah, postseason. Yeah, to see they couldn't. Sorry to interrupt. No, yeah, go ahead. It uh, sucks to see they couldn't finish off that uh, postseason that he was just dynamite. He was on such a tear, especially against the Astros. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I have his some of his stats down here. Uh, 323 with a 382 on base and 726 slugging. Eight home runs, 22 RBI, which I believe is a postseason record. Uh, or, no, I think he set the record for most RBI in a single series against the Astros. That's what it was. 45 total bases on 20 hits. Just so many clutch moments. Grand slams against the Astros. Uh, just really putting up some crazy numbers. And obviously he had the walk-off home run to win game one for the uh, Rangers. So that was that was pretty exciting. I think game one was really the most exciting game in the series because it just came to extras and it was a one-run game. Um, but yeah, like I you know, mentioned earlier, it was really just a story that one offense showed up and one kind of didn't, although the Diamondbacks did still put up a pretty good uh, fight. I think it was a closer series than maybe the record would show, but um, yeah, Texas four to one. Nate Valdi, Zach, Gal- Zach Gallen both looked fantastic in the in Game Five. Really, it was just it was uh, really not maybe not what I was hoping for. I really wanted to see you know a Game Seven winner take all kind of deal, but you can't always get what you want. However, one thing I will mention is uh, with the success of uh, Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel in the postseason and. How good they've played! It's really kind of brought re brought the Dalton Varsho trade back to the surface. Um, but listen, all I'm saying is Dalton Varsho's never grounded out bases loaded in the World Series. I've never seen him do that. So I don't know. He might be better than Guriel. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Moreno and Guriel both looked fantastic for their first World Series run. Uh, really impressive stuff from both sides. And I think if you're a Diamondbacks fan. I don't think this is the end. This isn't like you're not a one-year wonder. Got lots of young guys on your team that are super talented, so I think they'll be back. And kind of the same with Texas, you know, although they do have some guys that are heading out, like we mentioned, Max Scherzer. He's getting up there in age. Maybe this is his final run. Who knows? He's a bit of a nut job, so maybe he'll just keep pitching until his arm falls off. Um, But Texas has got a good farm system and lots of young players locked up, so I don't know. Maybe this is a matchup we'll see in the future. Uh, But overall, I think postseason was pretty good, and you know, as much as we all wanted it to go a little longer, the World Series, uh, I thought it was pretty entertaining. And, yeah, kind of wraps up the 2023 MLB season. The Silver Slugger finalists were named. Blue Jays went from six last year to one this year, so that's not really good. Um, the only Blue Jay to be uh, uh, named as a finalist is Whit Merrifield as a utility player, and he's not going to win it. So he's going up against uh, Isaac Paredes and uh, Gunnar Henderson, who both, I think, have 30 home runs and a much higher OPS than he does. So at least we got one in there. That's okay. <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of it for MLB news. I know uh, Max Muncy got extended for the Dodgers two-year contract, so that's something. But, I mean, other than that, unless you guys have anything you want to chime in with for the World Series, uh, 
kind of wraps up the MLB season. And I guess, you know, maybe we can come up with some stuff to talk about in the next couple episodes. But it's the end of baseball for this year. I don't have anything to add, Terrell. You've done a great job so far this year. Valiant effort. One, suffering through for the, the Blue Jays season. So, yeah. Um, I think we'll go on to NFL next. Now, I want to open up this segment because I was framed last week with the... I don't know if you guys saw this. I was bugging Will earlier. Sorry, Clay. I'm Will, sorry. Will, I can't give you too much hassle over this because you do a great job with the graphics, but last week I picked Chargers over the Bears on the show, and Will put the Bears over the Chargers as my pick on the Instagram. Listen, if, if you would have <laughs> got that right, you wouldn't be you would be making fun of Will, though. Let's just say that. Yeah, I, I'd be like, yeah, I totally... That's a big if. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I had the Chargers over the Bears last week. Just one of those games that's not really close, I don't he, think. He, I picked the other way around because I thought, why not? So he got my graphic right. But. <laughs> uh, upside, I had the Steelers over the Jags. was hoping the Steelers would pull it off, but. Uh, not quite. No. No, we played a pretty bad <laughs> hey, game. Hey, George Pickens had a cool touchdown, though. He did. So he moral, always has a cool touchdown. It's a moral victory. You know what? For a team that has Put a poor, up. you know what? For a team that has a poor offense, he's actually having a good season. Oh yeah. He's got three hundred yard receiving games in a row. Um, for a team that is lackluster is the best word I can find for their offense. It's a very, very nice, nice word. I was gonna say yeah. nice description for him. <laughs> um, I was saying like Pickett before he got injured, he was actually sort of spreading the ball a little bit at the end. The first quarter was terrible because we I don't think we had a, we didn't have a first down until the second quarter mm-hmm. um, or even second half maybe and then he played like seven or eight minutes straights where he was just balls to Deontay Johnson and Pickens which looked good and then he got injured and then Trubisky came in and then it was bad and then we lost the game but we also defensively played very good again we mm-hmm. had three goal line stands in the first half two interceptions on Trevor Lawrence so it's definitely not our defense fault um, it just comes back to the offense every single week we say. just can't like every single week we let up like maybe 20 points 25 points and yeah. like we just can't score like as a professional football team you should not be scoring 10 points a game yeah um unfortunately and i i mean like you mentioned taylor uh, i thought the defense was going to play well and they really did do their job in that game mm-hmm. but <laughs> i was gonna say when do they the when offense. did the steelers defense not do their job i was gonna say there, that's maybe a bit of a harsh statement that there are NFL teams that shouldn't score ten points because there's NFL teams with I think much worse on paper rosters that are get forgiven a little more than the yeah. Steelers. Um, and we've talked about it all year. Matt Canada's kind of got to go. I think it's at this point all kind of him. I don't think it's really players that you can blame anymore besides Najee Harris. Um, uh, I just think it's gotten to the point now where everybody can see. It's not like he can't hide anymore mm-hmm. behind his defense it's and me. scrape away wins because he just kind of turtles himself and hopes, oh, okay, we're going to win just because of our defense, and then I get to live another week. I think it's getting to the point where we look at um, – we haven't talked about it yet, but the Raiders situation. They I were kind of they're kind of gone right away, and I don't know what's going on with the Steelers. They're, they're holding on for dear life on this guy, and yeah. I, I we was... can see in the games this year – I was going to bring up that yeah, we now with uh, McDaniel's gone, I think all the attention now is, focuses yeah. on the Steelers. To I think if this week ends up being the same, I think there will be a serious, serious overhaul on the Steelers. I was hoping before the deadline that we would make a move. Yeah. But 
as I think all of our, well, me and your team especially did nothing, but you guys made a couple of good moves. But a lot of the 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 trade deadline this year was quite quiet, besides the odd little trade from more of the bigger teams. Yeah, it was super quiet. I to was, be honest, it was all teams. Sorry, Will. It was all good. teams that, in my mind, didn't need the moves no, that no, they they made. Yeah. No, like this. We'll get into it. Anyways, yeah. to finish with the Steelers, I think now, like you said, Clayton, you're, I think you're bang on there. I think it's all on Matt Canada now. And if he doesn't have a good offensive week this week or tonight, I think um, we seriously have to ask questions. I was, I well, I mean, they they should have been asking questions weeks ago. But uh, I think the enough. reason why they haven't is because they are somehow in a, in in a second place in the NFC North. That yeah. It's maybe just being swept under the rug because they aren't playing so bad. If they were like the Panthers or one of those teams that are you know two and five or one and six, and that that's that he would have been gone a long time ago. I think right now, at four and three, could have easily been five and two. I think. Yeah. After last game, I don't think we played poorly. Besides on offense, I think that's why it's also getting swept under the rug. Is because the defense is doing so well, and we're pretty much, I would say, a top five defense, if not top three defense this year. Yeah. Um, that. It's getting swept under the rug so much, mm-hmm. and it's very frustrating as a fan. And uh, I completely agree with you um, on that assessment. Uh, to continue through my picks here, I'm also going to do this week's picks just to kind of get through them after here. Sorry, so. we went on a real yeah. tangent there. All good. Uh, my game of the week last week was Bengals versus 49ers. I didn't tune into that game, so I don't know if I watched a bit of it. It was pretty good. Alrighty. I watched all of it. it was Bengals won, so I yeah. say that that game was good. It's game of the week worthy if the 49ers lose. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my lock this week, there wasn't too many. We were talking about this yeah. before the show. I, again, I'm picking over the Bears. Will, do not put me having the Bears as the lock over the You're Saints. picking the Bears this week? Clayton? No, I'm, I'm, I'm picking the high <laughs> on the Bears. <laughs> picking the Saints over the Bears. But you know what? You do a great job once again. I can't, can't hassle you too <laughs> much. Ah, thanks, man. Uh, you should do it on purpose this week. <laughs> see, if he, see if he notices. <laughs> upset, I have the Jets over the Chargers. This is more just, I think that the Chargers offense makes a lot of mistakes. And you can't make too many mistakes against that Jets defense. Nope. I they honestly will. would say they're not in the same boat as the Steelers, but they make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say the Steelers make a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. I would say it's more just they don't do anything with the ball. Yeah. Like Pickett's in the bottom half of the league in interceptions. But I think it's not because he's playing well. I think it's just because he's too conservative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our team is just too conservative. We don't do anything downfield. So I think they're kind of like in the same thing as a Chargers. Maybe not as bad as a Chargers. I feel like the Chargers do risk it a little more, but yeah. Yeah. And and the talent is there on the Chargers offense as well. Yeah. Um, but I just have the Jets. I think that uh, they're on a three-game winning streak. Yeah, they are, and can't make too many mistakes against the Jets. I think it'll be a lower-scoring game, but I think the Jets pull it out. And the game of the week, this was an obvious one for me. Uh, the game in Germany has all the lights on it: Chiefs versus Dolphins. Uh, I don't know if you can have a more exciting game right now in the NFL. Yeah, although the Chiefs, although there is played a. Very poor game. Probably one it. of the worst games I've seen Patrick Mahomes play probably in his yeah. career. They did, but again, Mahomes wasn't. It was a flu game. Yeah, flu, flu game. Yeah. So, um, but there, I, I was, I had put this on the show document, so I'll just throw out the point right now to get through it. This week of NFL, 
some of the games, I think it's the best week of the season, at so least far. so far. There's on some paper sweet too, matchups, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Um, you guys have, I'm sure, some other game of the week. Seahawks, I was going to say, I think it was one of the toughest weeks for game of the week, for sure. Yeah, there's lots I was really close to paying Cincinnati, Buffalo as my game of the week. Because I, I just don't know why in the back of my head I feel like a Dolphins-Chiefs game could have a blowout for my other team. My yeah. only thing with Dolphins-Chiefs is it's the early, early slate. It's yeah, 7.30 it's our good. time. Which sucks. Yeah. And, like, I might get up for it, but I'm I'm going to be I, I'm gonna be groggy. Yeah, I don't know if I will. Yeah. And I just – I don't know why I get this vibe that one of the teams is going to not show up, and it might be a real it's, bad game. It's tough. So the Chiefs have, like, very, very good passing defense. And obviously the thing with the Dolphins is they have Tyreek and Waddle. So maybe they'll negate that, but then the Dolphins also have Raheem Mostert. And I would it, say both defenses are pretty decent on the passing yes. side of it, right? Especially yes. with Ramsey back now. Yeah. So, I mean, theoretically it could it could be a very good game. I think you're right. But the thing is is the if both defenses play well and there's definitely the – that could happen, it, I think it will come down to talent on offense and as talented as – Patrick Mahomes is he can't catch the ball for his receivers, and his receivers are not very good other than Travis Kelsey. So, I'm thinking we should get through the other picks because yeah. we went off on a couple tangents yeah, already. So. Uh, I can go next. Last week, my lock I had Ravens over Cardinals. That one hit. My underdog, Rams over Cowboys, didn't hit. However, I think what I'm going to say is I wasn't picking it as an actual underdog. I'm picking it. Uh, I was picking it to predict as a scoregami, which did happen, forty-three <laughs> to twenty. So I was just, I just, I misspoke, slip of the tongue. I was trying to say that I was predicting the game to be scoregami. So I'm not wrong. We I, need to, fact, never need wrong. to add in a cheer sound effect for every true. Oh. That's true. <laughs> There's got to be one in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'll quick, will hit every button yeah. and fast. <laughs> um, and then game of the week, I had Vikings Packers, and that was kind of a, kind of a stinker. Um, Unfortunately, that's <laughs> the Kirk Cousins injury. That was tough, and then there just really wasn't anything else good happening in that game. So um, my picks this week, I will lock in the Patriots over the Commanders. This is this seems crazy, but here's what I'm thinking. It doesn't seem crazy. You don't think so? It might be. Well, I don't know. I think it's a little bit because I think the well, Commanders, the for some reason, always show up against the teams that are worse, and they seem to lose a lot. Dude, the yeah. Commanders have balled out versus the Eagles this year. That ball, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. They ball out against the teams that should shellack them, and then they come up against teams that unfortunately will probably shouldn't ever beat you them, and they lose. It. And they and they <laughs> lose. I I swear every single game that I watch the Commanders this year, whether it's prime time, like the Bears, yeah, first first win in 14 yeah. weeks, like they seem to lose against teams that should never they should never lose to, and then yeah. beat teams that but they should never beat. They did get stomped by the Bills earlier in the season. And I think the the thing is, is I think the Eagles' defense has been really underwhelming so far, which I think has been part of it. And Sam Howell kind of torched them. And I just feel like, I don't know, Bill Belichick versus like a young kind of, I don't know, inexperienced maybe isn't the right word, but it's kind of all over the place. Sam Howell takes a lot of sacks and throws some weird throws sometimes, mm-hmm. has some bad picks. I feel like Bill Belichick's going to just have him in a blender. Oh, yeah. And he might get just – Schlacked. Especially with the trades that have happened this week. And that week was the other thing well. I was going to bring up. You're the Commanders are kind of blowing it up, I think. They traded away their two edge rushers, so I don't know who's rushing the passer for them at this point. And I think that kind of signals like the white flag we're giving up on the season. Which Although, is weird because they're, they're not in the worst position. No. The Patriots have like a big question mark like 
on offense this week bigger than the entire rest of the season because uh, Bourne went out last week yeah, with torn ACL. Uh, so just going to have to see the young guys step up. DeMario, DeMario Douglas has been good this season, but I said it a few weeks ago that I want to see Kayshawn Booty play. Hasn't played since week one, so I'm just hoping he sees some time. Yeah. Gets to touch the field. But, uh, I mean, it, it, sounds, it sounds a little crazy just because of how underwhelming the Patriots' offense has been so far, but I think the defense can hold the commanders in check, which I think is very possible, then really the offense doesn't have to do too much in order for it to kind of pan out. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, Patriots over commanders, my lock, my underdog. Again, not a lot of great picks here. I have Dolphins over Chiefs. Chiefs are favored, I think, by one and a half or something, which kind of surprised me because of the performance they put up last week. Um, I just think there's a chance that the Dolphins can really cook the secondary and who knows what will happen there. And then game of the week, I have Seahawks versus Ravens. And that's not just me picking it because it's a Seahawks game. I think it's going to be big news. Obviously, the trade that Seattle made, we can talk about that a little later. Um, kind of shoring up the defense. Um, and then we got to see if Geno can hold it together versus a very good Ravens defense, one of the best in the league. So I'm looking but, forward to that matchup. And you want to talk defense. This will be, I think, the biggest test so far for that new-look Seattle defense. Yes. Of course, they played Cincinnati, but Cincinnati wasn't playing very good football around that time. Since then, though, they picked it up. So They have. Listen, I'm, not say- I'm saying that Cincinnati was playing the best offense, and it's just that <laughs> Seattle's defense is so good <laughs> they couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, Taylor, do you want to get to your picks? Yeah, I can go really quickly because I just will. Um, last week, uh, game of the week was Jaguars-Steelers. wasn't the game of the week. Pretty boring. <laughs> uh, upset of the week, I went with Tyson Largent. Is that what his name is? Bajan. Tyson Bajan. I guess so Bajan. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you've said his name right. Sorry. I, shows how much I really care. Disrespect um, the man. <laughs> uh, I went with him to somehow get a second win as a D2 quarterback. He didn't, didn't play very good, but again – it's a tough situation over there. <laughs> um, so that was my – it was them over the, the, the Chargers, and they lost. Um, my lock was Eagles over Washington. Almost said, almost said the other word again. <laughs> uh, and uh, they won, Yeah. right? Yeah. I don't – for some reason I don't remember that game. 38-31. Yeah, uh, so they won that game. So I went one for two again. Uh, this week – Hold on a second. I always forget to do this, um, to put it in the actual document. Um, uh, this week, game of the week, like you guys, um, well, you did it as your underdog, but um, Chiefs over Dolph- or Chiefs and Dolphins. Um, I think it could, like I said earlier, it could be a blowout one way or the other. For some reason, in the back of my mind, I think one team couldn't show up. Or we could see a L.A. Rams, Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes midseason 52 <laughs> 50 or whatever it was that one game yeah. I could see that as well um, I hope I get to see another one of those in my lifetime that was a really exciting game um, so I hope maybe that game will be it I hope it isn't this game though at the same time because it is at 7.30am and I might only catch a second half if I decide <laughs> to get up Yeah. Um, my underdog uh, Falcons over Vikings I'm pretty sure Falcons are an underdog yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I I never actually look at the spreads for some reason. I always just think, I oh, think they probably are the underdog. I think I was looking. I'm pretty sure the Vikes might be. They might be just because of the Kirk Cousins the, injury. Uh, which I didn't take into account, so hopefully not. Taking a, taking a look quick. Uh, really Falcons dumb. are four and a half point favorites. Shoot. 
Falcons so, are starting Eric. Heineke too. I'll give you, oh, I'll give yeah, you. that's another reason why I picked it. Quick, uh, pick the Bears. Um, I'll give you a line. You know what? I'll just take the Vikings over the Falcons. Yeah, sure. Already, why not? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I d- Josh Dobbs shows how much I really. It's not even Josh Dobbs. It's the Hall guy. Oh, just, they're not the starting rookie? Josh Dobbs. Just kind of shows that that's a toss-up game, really. Yeah. Anyways, I was going to pick them because of the Heineke sitch, and he's actually kind of goaded. Not going to lie. I would say he's better than Ritter. He's I was going to say he is better than Ritter. I don't yeah. know why Heineke never started. He he won a lot of meaningful games through Washington last year. Um, he does win a lot. Uh, and my lock, I have the Rams over the Packers. The Packers have just looked god-awful this year. Yeah, um, Sneakily god-awful, though. I don't feel like a lot of people talk about them being so bad. I think well, because they started out kind of hot, They too. did, and I just don't think people had a lot of expectations for them. I guess, year. but I, there's teams out there that get a lot more flack, I think, and yeah. they have not looked good either. And they have, a de- well, I mean, they lost one of their key players, too, which I'm guessing we're going to get to as well. Um but sorry, Truman, but Love hasn't looked as good since no. the last first two weeks. He started off real hot the first few. Listen, and I'll even say it. I was I was on that train, too. I was like, Love looks fantastic in the first few weeks. Yeah, you can never drive a book, write a book by its cover or whatever. Just did not, he has not looked any good at all. Anyway, so. so I just think the way that receiving core is in, in L.A. Um, and Stafford being decent, unless he's not playing. Is he playing? Uh, please he's questionable, he's I playing. think. <laughs> your Either way, oh, God, this is just my research has been poor this week. Um, either way, my the receiving core is healthy, unless something has happened that I've not heard. Cooper Cup just Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua just retired from football at the same time. Yeah, oh. dang. Oh, okay. Uh, anyways, there that that's just such a good dynamic duo. I think two-two Atwell statement game. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I think. Yeah, I just think they're going to be too much for the the pass the the weaker passing defense of the the Packers, which we'll get into. Um, yeah, go ahead, Will. Uh, last week, oh boys, I'm struggling. I I'm winless over the last two weeks. <laughs> I'm struggling. I I need one this week. Uh, I had the my lock Chiefs over Broncos, which oh. I mean, why wouldn't you pick that? No, honestly, it's not even on you. Honestly, no. I watched that game because my roommate is a Broncos fan, which is unfortunate because yeah. I have to watch all the Broncos games. That is, um, <laughs> but I'm glad last week at least the Steelers game was before it, so I could watch the Steelers game because we always have oh, fights. What yeah. game we watch, and it's really annoying. And he was he had the audacity to tell me that the Steelers was a boring game to watch. I'm like, dude, we've had to watch the Broncos all year. <laughs> like they're just as bad. If not worse, they are worse. Uh, anyways, um, they played a really weirdly good game. Yeah, I I didn't watch. I tuned because I was watching the Niners game. I tuned in with the last minute, and in that minute, there was two Taylor Swift references, so I turned it off. I just think to how bad they've been playing this year. But they have a defense on paper that should be really good, I think. Yeah. The Broncos. And they finally lived up to that, um, like the, them being talented, I think, to allow only – they only scored, what, nine points? I think. The Chiefs. Chiefs? Yeah. Like to only score nine points when most of your team is healthy, if not all of your team that you usually play with every week yeah. is healthy, to only let up nine points, you got to give some kudos to the, the Broncos' defense, I think. For yeah. sure. They have got a lot of individual stars that I would take on my team. Yep. I think Justin Simmons is a very good player, and I think Patrick Sertain is a very good corner, although he hasn't played as well this year. He's still been good, though. Still been good. I think that's kind of where it ends, unfortunately. Singleton. 
NFL leading tackler. That's true. CFL. Sutton's had a solid year. Sorry? Peter's legend. Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton is definitely the red zone guy. Yep. Jerry Judy has his flashes where he's very good, and then he also has his flashes where I'm like, oh, they really need to get rid of this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Wilson, if you look at the stats, he's actually been having a good he's year. He's not been terrible. He's actually been having a good year with the rankings. I think his stats are, like, comparable to Mahomes. They're so comparable I don't know to pretty if, much everybody. Um, I don't know if uh, here, I'll see. I will look. I got a Instagram thing from my friend that is a Broncos fan. Okay, I'll keep going. Um, so that was my lock. My upset was Giants over Jets, which was nearly the funniest game I've ever watched. Dude. Uh, like just, That was wow. probably the worst oh. NFL football game I've watched in a while. The punt bowl. Generational like, passing offense from the Giants that holy. game today. Holy. I feel bad for that guy. Tommy DeVito, the oh, most Italian yeah. man to ever play like, in the NFL. Like, where did he come from? I feel like he just spawned. I've never heard of him. Yeah, hey, I'm playing football. Yeah, I'm playing football, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I got him from the bagel shop down the street. Yeah. Funny game. I don't know. Like, I tuned in, like, towards the end just Same. to see the Giants miss a field goal from, like, the 25-yard line. And then with 24 seconds, the Jets took it all the way for a field goal <laughs> and then just killed them in overtime. Zach Wilson legacy drive at Dude. the end of the game. It's just so funny. Zach Wilson has been fine this year. I mean, you you won by three points on a team that passed for negative one yards, which is pretty. Although he has been on a three-game heater, and he's done actually quite well. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't have a lot of faith in him to do anything, really. And when you're facing the Giants defense, who uh, really just isn't that good. Again, though, you have to also realize he was never supposed to touch the field all year. Until Wilson? after the yeah, first snap, <laughs> until after the first snap of the game of the yeah. first week, he wasn't supposed to touch the field. It was supposed to be a yeah. I'm not going to say he's been season. good, but he's been fine for someone that he's probably was thinking I'm never going to play. Mm-hmm. He seemed to be decently prepared at least the last couple weeks. Again, they haven't played anybody ridiculous in the last couple weeks. So to Terrell's point, that is true. But um, they've yeah, the Broncos who are historically bad defense. And he no touchdowns and a pick. The Eagles, who've been disappointing, no touchdowns, no picks. But then the Giants, he threw a touchdown. So mm-hmm. hey. um, he's on the comment. I have the Russell Wilson thing really yeah, quick here. This is through Week Eight, so before this week starts. He is second in NFL rank for past TDs to interceptions. I don't know what the number is. But Sixteen to four. Is it? Yep. Okay. Um, Fact check me. Dang. Past touchdowns, he's fourth. Yeah. Pass touchdowns to attempts, he's first. Um, passer rating, which is a big one, he is fourth. And fourth quarter comebacks, he's tied first. And they only have, what, three wins? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so does he have three fourth quarter comebacks? I, I guess he does because he's tied just, for first. Um, it's, it's so sad that they just couldn't put it together on each side of the ball because yeah. their offense was so bad last year. Now their offense is turning it around, and the defense is so bad this year. It's just like – Again, who knows after this week, uh, their confidence boost you get – Beating the Chiefs? Beating a team that's perennially very good offensively, at least for the last, like, six years. Are they in a bye this week? The Broncos yeah. or the Chiefs? The Broncos, I think, are. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, my game of the week last week was Panthers-Texans. Panthers got the dub. Cool. I didn't watch the game, but, I mean, it was a low-scoring game. Rookie versus rookie quarterback. Uh, C.J. Stroud took a ride on the bicycle and <laughs> needed some training wheels. Uh, I'll get into this week. I can't say I've watched a minute of Carolina Panthers football this year. 
Dude, not one single red zone. You're missing out, man. <laughs> not one singular minute have I watched. Until they play the Steelers, probably the first time. Adam Thielen, wide receiver one, is absolutely electric. I don't want to see it. <laughs> uh, my game of the week this week, I took the Buffalo Bills versus the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that'll be a good matchup. Mm-hmm. Two AFC juggernauts. Uh, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. And it's prime time, I think, on Sunday. So it's a late game? Yeah. Good. Uh, my upset is the Bucks over the Texans. Um... So I, know I was going to pick them, too. I don't know. I, I'm, like, oddly optimistic on the Bucks this year. I don't know why, but Baker's usually been mid his whole career, and this year he's mid, but he's scraping by. Mid, but he's, he's got my heart. Yeah. Yeah. I want him to do well. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, my lock is the Saints over the Bears. Saints have an elite defense and a pretty mid offense this year. I don't know. They've been disappointing on offense, to say the least. Oh, yeah. But I think against a team like the Chicago Bears, who it's just a bunch of question oh, marks gonna everywhere, yeah. I just think it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my picks. Um, one thing I'm going to say, I'm going to push back a little bit on Bengals-Bills as game of the week. I just don't know how much I trust the Bills with their injuries on defense mm-hmm. and how good that Cincinnati receiving core is, especially now that Burrow's looking like he's a real quarterback again. Um, but I feel like every sing- single year since he started in league, he always starts slow, he, and then yes, it just like it just yeah. snap. He gets rid of his little injury that he has over the yeah. off season, and then it's just he is good. He's just nervous. Looking top two. I don't know if it's that or what, but like he now he's playing like Joe Burrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean and might that as well team's dangerous. Stay oh, I, on. I saw Joe Burrow the other night. Yeah, he came and knocked on this kid's house. Kid gave him oh, candy. True. Pretty cool. Really? I saw didn't know. He's doing that in Halloween. He's doing that in Calgary. I know. <laughs> saw a lot of superheroes out there, too. Like, saw Spider-Man a couple times. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a lot shorter than I thought he would be. Hmm. I thought that was kind of weird, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, he might be the Giants' next quarterback. Mm, true. Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> I would have put him in in week one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if we're talking about Joe Burrow, we might as well stick to talk about last week's game with the 49ers. I mean – there was any like need to say that the Bengals are back officially I think that was probably the game you know they had the bye week after playing Seattle and yeah they just looked they looked fantastic against a very good um, 49ers defense I think it kind of showed that the one thing the 49ers really don't have are DBs the defensive line's great their linebackers are great I'd say their offense is banged up too right now, though. That is also true. Yeah, as as good as IU can kittle art, they miss Debo so much. Yeah. yeah, and Brock Purdy, I mean, that concussion and then playing him again on a short week, six days rest, oh. hits his head at the end of the game. I don't know. I don't know why they're. Is he playing. good to go for this weekend? I think so. I think. Do you think that stuff would stop after what? Two last, last year. year. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, um, but it's just like. Why they would decide to play him again, I don't know. He just he looked kind of out of it. Um, Did he throw three picks? I think two. Oh, okay. I think. Especially with, like... There were some bad ones, though. As much yes. as, like, he's good, I feel like Sam Darnold's not the worst backup you can have. No, and I think, especially with how good their offense is, you kind of just need someone that can... Like, just stand the there and throw the ball. Yeah. yeah like, it's not, it's not the worst quarterback job in the league, no. I would say. Um, but, yeah... I mean, Brock Purdy, he just he looked kind of out of it. Um, and he has been able to run the offense really efficiently through the first, you know, few weeks of the year, and he mm-hmm. was fantastic. And then 
you know, concussion and gets rushed back out and just didn't look the same. I don't know if it's because we think that he's unreal because he had not lost a game until this year. So that why that's why maybe we have these crazy expectations for mm-hmm. him now. But I think if he had been 500 over his career, we would kind of just be like, oh, he's still okay. Maybe. I think it's just because we have, like, he was just so crazy coming in and went all the way to the Super Bowl or NFC championship. championship. NFC championship yeah. only lost his first game in the playoffs and then hadn't lost until like week six this year. He's got a good story. He's got an yeah, unreal yeah. story. Like he's obviously proven that he can win. And then yeah. now that we've seen a three week slide, everybody's like, oh, he's not good anymore. I think that's, I yeah. think the thing as well that is that the Niners, like you look at the Niners offense is very good. Now Debo Samuel, like T- Terrell mentioned, is hurt currently. Or Will, I'm sorry, Will. It's not all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Debo's out. Um, and like he's got Christian McCaffrey in there, who's who's the best playing like in the league. not only he's a guaranteed he's playing, touchdown. He, yeah, he is seventeen straight the guy's games an now. Absolute machine with a touchdown. Like I is, don't, I sometimes stare and I'm like, they gotta test him. I think like, yeah, there's gotta be something. He's got seventeen straight games with a touchdown and is looking like an he had MVP four already really. four already this year in a game. Yeah, I think he's got twenty five through that stretch of the seventeen in, a, in games. I think he's got twenty four. Like, come right. Like, there's no, there's nobody else ever that's been like that. Like, what has Bo Jackson ever had 17 games? Fat check me, please, before I look. There, he, Bo? I think if he gets one this week, he breaks. Or sorry, it's Walter Payton, is week. it not? No, I don't think so. For uh, next next game, if he gets a touchdown, I think he breaks the record. I wonder who it's held by. Either way, I think he'll easily do it, and I think he is just one of the best running backs I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Him and it's really, yeah, him, Derrick Henry. I would say Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn as much Lynch as I'm not a, a not a Seahawks fan, he was good for a couple, couple years. Sean Alexander as well. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Reggie Bush when we were quite young was very good. Yeah. There's just, yeah, I mean, he's just kind of generational. He's just the guy. Yeah. And, and all those other guys we mentioned are not good receiving backs, really. No. And he makes a lot of his money on the receiving end, mm-hmm. which is... A bonus, because a lot of the time back in the day, it was, you know, put your head down, run right through the middle, and just go for all the the rushing yards. And now you see people that, like, McCaffrey, who could be a capable receiver in a lot of ways. So it's pretty crazy. So one of the things I wanted to bring up when you were talking about Brock Purdy is I have the point here, because I've seen it now with Purdy, obviously, and I think I wanted to talk about it last week with Wembenyama, but we just – I didn't get to. Um, And it's a problem that happens, like, across every sport is people just – want to have the take that is true or like the most outrageous and that's why you know Brock Purdy had like MVP hype at the start of the season because he ran his offense so well and his stats are so good so everyone was just rushing to get that out so they were the first to do it and now it's like he's had a few bad weeks in a row and like you were saying he had such high expectations and he's had a few bad weeks in a row now everyone's like we're starting QB in the league he sucks he's a second year quarterback yeah Mystery relevant, yeah. which a lot of people say, oh, they shouldn't count that because he still got drafted into the NFL. Still. It's a big deal, yeah. Yeah. Like, to have that high, like, to be, first of all, be named as an MVP has got to be an honor for that guy because, mm-hmm. like, you, he's probably not thinking when he gets drafted that he's made ever play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that so, does so well. Obviously, it, he's got the players around him. And then now he's on this slide that, Pretty much every quarterback in NHL's history has had at least once, and now he's he's just not good anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it just I don't know it frustrates me when you see that because I still think he is a very serviceable, if not 
very good quarterback. And he, I think, event maybe by next year, I think he'll slot in with those yeah. younger generate bur, bur, the Burrows, the Allens, the Mahomes. I think he can be in that list. I don't know if he'll. He's in a good enough offense to kind of hang with them stats wise. I don't know if he'll ever be as talented as. Yeah. I don't think talent wise, no. I think production wise, yes. Yes, he's he's capable of running that offense as he showed at the start of the year, and the offense is good enough to get him the numbers like he had at the start of the year. Mm -hmm. And for Mister Irrelevant, he's (laughs) very talented still. Yeah. Like. So it's it's just it's it's just I. You have a slide. Everybody (laughs) has a slide. People are dumb and they want to just sound like they're smart, so they say the most outrageous thing they possibly can in hopes of being right. Um, but, uh, I mean, I guess if we want to, want to move on here, we can talk about another AFC North team playing a different, uh, NFC West team, Seattle Seahawks playing the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I was, yeah, I was going to say, you want to move on from the second place team to talk about the first, we are now first place in the NFC West. Where's the pom-pom radio sound? (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. I'm going to make one. I don't have much to cheer about ever. Hey, no, nor do you. No. And, and I've been <laughs> seeing a lot. Of, in our I, wanna, yeah. <laughs> I want to bring up the point. That I've been seeing a lot of people say that it's because the Niners have had injuries, as if the Seahawks haven't yeah. too. How, f- at the start of the season, I think almost our entire offensive line that was hurt. New York Giants game, we were like every every starter was injured. Yeah. Uh, um, and I just wanted. Can to, I add something though? Yeah. Has your schedule been nearly as hard as the 49ers has? I don't think the Niners have had a very tough schedule. The Niners hasn't been crazy, no. but the Recently, right, Seahawks haven't been crazy either. I was going to say the Seahawks' schedule of the teams that are leading in their division. Unfortunately, Seahawks beat the Browns. Browns beat the 49ers. Therefore, that point is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, B.J. Walker, best quarterback in the league. And he did. He was cooking in that game for a little bit. Uh, uh, I, I'm not trying to take it away from you. I just thought I'd add that in. No, no, yeah, you're right. You guys right. have not had the toughest schedule yet. No. No, but... Uh, Oh, it's about to get way tougher. Oh, yeah, we got a tough starting, stretch coming up here. Starting with Baltimore. But as we mentioned, an ugly win over the Browns, I think we'll take it. But uh, that first first quarter, I think, was the best oh, yeah. quarter I've seen Seattle play all season. Just on both sides of the ball, we were just playing really good. Um, the offense was doing great. And then from after the first quarter, it wasn't that great. Um, and then I guess kind of the TSN turning point of the game was the Jamal Lott helmet hit. It, yeah, yeah. throw from P.J. Walker, who, as I mentioned, played great in that game. And I want to emphasize that. I'm a big P.J. Walker guy, I guess. Not when he was playing Seattle, but gri- in general. I like, I like seeing him do well. Uh, he was XFL the star game. of the XFL a couple yeah. of years ago. <laughs> Had one of the craziest throws you've ever seen last year. Yeah, so. That was pretty um, crazy. But as Terrell put down here, Boye Mafe's looking great. Five straight games with a sack. I'm pretty sure that ties Seahawks franchise record. He's yeah, I think so. playing great. Um, Gino, not so great. Probably been the weak point of the team, I'd argue, over yeah. the last couple of weeks. And I hate to pile on Gino there because he's been obviously a great feel-good story over the last two seasons. But I think if you told Gino Smith he needs to play better, he'd probably agree with you. Um but I think he's he's definitely going to be tested this week, as yeah. you mentioned, against Baltimore. So we'll see if uh, he can improve in that one. I would also s- sorry, go ahead. want uh, to bring up as well, um, JSN with the game-winning touchdown, DK with the clutch block. Huge block. Um, yeah, great to see them getting JSN involved, especially yeah. I know a lot of people were skeptical early on in the season about that draft pick, mm-hmm. but 
He's looking very good so far. Uh, their whole re- wide receiver core has been Metcalf, yeah. Lockett. Lockett's always reliable. Yeah. JSN, Bobo. Bobo, yeah. Um, I was going to say, I think I find Geno Smith is kind of on that same thing as Purdy, except kind of the opposite. Yeah. Like, started out not being very good, a career backup guy, got traded. They kind of had a very big question mark in Seattle, and then he ended up going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um and winning, you know, most improved player or whatever it was. And then now everybody's like, oh, it's going to be old Gino again. Yeah, that's true. Just You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just – and it, sports are the biggest agenda. It's all agenda. Yeah. Sports yeah. is all agenda. So, again, we I've said this story on the show before when I went to the open practice the year before Gino was supposed to start, and I was like, this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy is so bad. Just from an open practice – like he wasn't hitting anybody, and I I know the whole Drew Lock sitch too. He got rid of he was out of Denver because he wasn't performing, um, and I was like, I don't think Seattle will win much at all for the next foreseeable future until they either draft a quarterback or not. And I was completely wrong. Mm. I remember saying it the first week of the season last year, saying yeah. that they're not going to win many games, if not any, because I just thought Geno Smith would just be not he was not the guy. Yeah, and he ended up get you guys ended up getting. Not lucky, but it ended up working out for you. And I think now I can see the appreciation to Geno Smith because it's one of those guys that's just kind of been an underdog. Yeah. And then yeah. now he's kind of leading a team. It's a lot of Seahawks fans have been so eager to call for him to be benched and replaced with Drew Locke. And I really don't think that Drew Locke's going to fix the issues I with the I was going to say there's not much difference there. I don't think if so. not, I would say Geno is still going to be Gino's better. Geno's your off. guy at this yeah. point. Yeah. And until you can af- land yourself a a good either a trade that'll benefit you guys to get a quarterback or you get lucky with who's in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, if Shadur Sanders falls down to you guys, I would maybe take a chance, but I think that's me. We can talk about the draft maybe a little later once we mm-hmm. get closer to it. But, yeah, I think that will be something Seahawks look to mm-hmm. uh, address in the draft. But um, one thing I will say is, you know, you had the two picks this game, and one of them, I don't know if you saw Clayton, but one of the picks uh, was offside on the Browns. Yeah. That and was... it was just blatantly missed by the ref. So Gino thought he had a free play. He just kind of threw it over to DK, and miscommunication got picked off. And I was kind of thinking it looked a little wonky when I was watching it. I was like, why did that? I just that... – so Pete was furious after. Yeah, that's true. I didn't and the understand. commentators didn't – understand ever. why they didn't ever in the game mention why they were just like oh we don't know why pete carroll's um i think they thought it was like pete was arguing pass interference which it wasn't, it wasn't the guy no. didn't even, even close. touch dk but yeah it but, was just yeah way offside on the defensive line just didn't get called so that's one of the should should have been an interception negated um but yeah i mean uh another thing i wanted to bring up is um when he was targeting dk metcalf and I was thinking this during the game, and I was like, I wonder what it's gonna, the numbers are going to come out to by the end. He just didn't look like he was – he didn't look good when he was throwing they the ball were, to him. They were forcing it to DK. Yeah, and he was just missing a lot of throws. And then I was, like, curious, so I looked it up after the game, and he was 23-37 overall, and but he was 5 of 14 when targeting uh, DK Metcalf. So just really not good, just some bad throws and not looking great. Um, like you said, it did seem like they were kind of forcing it to him. However – DK, like you mentioned before, had some great value blocking, mm-hmm. um, not only on the JSN game winner, but on that Noah Fant to set up the game winner yep. on the run up the sideline. He had some great, uh, more great blocking. So 
I mean, that was another guy that Seahawks fans are like, bench DK, he's causing too many problems. But it's like, again, I don't think that solves the problems for Seattle's offense at all. Um, Jake Bobo rushing touchdown. <laughs> Let's go. That's something. That was pretty exciting. And like you mentioned in that first quarter, the Tyler Lockett touchdown, that was just a beautiful play by Geno. Um, I mean, we take it. You know, offensive line really shut down Miles Garrett. I was concerned that was going to be a big issue for him just because Miles Garrett's been so dominant so far this season. Um, and the rest of that Brown Stevens has been fantastic. But uh, the biggest takeaway, I think, for this is that they just have to run the ball more. Yeah. It was working a lot in that game, and for some reason they didn't want to stick to it. I need him to give the ball to Charbonnet a little bit more. He's on one of my fantasies. It's and really ticking me off. And when he, as much as I'm a Kenneth Walker fanboy, Michigan State alum. True. But, um, yeah. Like, give him the ball, like, a little bit more. Just a little bit. Well, yeah. And then I'll be happy. He only had he had five rushes for 53 yards this game. So the, he was gashing him when he got the ball, but he just didn't get it very often. And Walker had eight for 66. So it's not a lot of running in general. Not a lot of running. No. In but they were still putting up yards. So it's like yeah, they, if they ran double that, they would have both had yeah. quite the game. And especially when it's a game when Gino isn't looking, you know, tip-top shape, especially towards the end. And, and if I it's get, working, like why? If if you're down in the game, you know, you don't want to keep running the ball and have the clock run out. And obviously, it came down to like last minute of the game where they scored. So it wasn't as much of an option, but still, it's like when it's working, you'd really hope to see them stick with it a little bit more. Especially their tandem's quite good. Yeah, and their offensive line was blocking really well. Like I said, you know, I don't know what that is. It's like eight-something yards of carry for um, Walker and just over 10 for Charbonnet. So it's like yeah. very efficient. It's just they're not getting the Yeah, touches. I'm very, very, very envious of having a good running back. I can't <laughs> remember what that's like. Rashad <laughs> Mendenhall probably the last guy, I think. Yeah. Hey, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was good for a couple of years, and then he kind of lost his mind. Well, but you know, it seems to happen in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Something in the water. I think, I think we could probably move on. I think we'll move on. It finally happened, as we mentioned earlier. Josh McDaniels is gone from— And the GM. What's the GM's name? Dave or Ziegler. Former GM, I guess I should say. Dave Ziegler. Dave and Ziegler. Jimmy G benched. Yeah, that's true. Aiden starting O'Connell's— the, Starting the rookie. Starting. Aiden O'Connell, what happened to Stidham? Stidham? Stidham, yeah, whatever. I think it's just Stidham's in— I think Denver. Hoyer. Hoyer is. The Hoyer is. Oh, yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, um, why? Why at this point? Why would you play a veteran? That's what over I was going to say. You're already. You're like hitting the eject button on yeah. the season. Anyways, what are they? What is their record? Three and four. I don't know if it's like that. it's not it's that not bad. Horrible. Exactly. Like all these teams that are like. Screw it. I'm like, dude, you're still in the running. Like, but they but look, running for been what? Looking bad. No, they've been yeah. looking awful, and I feel like Devontae Adams. But how many thing, how yeah. many wins should the Raiders have had these last two seasons with McDaniel's? That poor yeah, play calling or bad. coaching. I was gonna say that um, team that area is cursed with all the stuff going on off the field. Yeah, the coach is just not being good or being John Gruden <laughs> off the field. Um, quarterbacks. I mean, Carr was good there. He was yeah. fine. I just feel like, and then and then the whole trade. And then he plays with his best friend for what three weeks, and then yeah. he's gone. And like you know, like it just has not lined up well with the Rams or the Raiders. Sorry, yeah. And no. I just feel bad. I just feel like it's one of those franchises a lot of people are steering clear of because it's yeah. just filled with drama and mm-hmm. under under performing. I think the one thing I will say is after watching Jimmy G play in that Raiders offense for so long, shout out to Kyle Shanahan for making him. A Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Cause Who's that, sorry? Kyle Shanahan, offensive coordinator for the Niners. Yeah, but sorry, who were you talking about? Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy G. Jimmy, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I just mean like how he got them there. I don't know. And Jimmy looked oh. good in San Francisco, and it was just like goes to Las Vegas and it's like, oh, he is he he's sucks. actually not good. <laughs> it's just his his offense thinks. was better. Yeah. I think he's was he not leading the league? He's leading the league in interceptions, is he not? Yeah. And it's not even like he's just. He's such a he's just throwing balls down the field. He's like a gunslinger. No, he's not. He's just <laughs> throwing a lot of picks. Adams down the there one, somewhere. the last True. one he threw in the last game. I was oh, like, dude, that wasn't them. even close. Yeah. He threw one into double coverage, and it was like I about was fifteen say, yards short. The one, to, the one to oh, Devonte like in, in the end zone. zone? Oh, in the end zone, I was so I, bad. I would have just took my jersey off right there, put it in the end, <laughs> walked off the field. Yeah, do the AB. Yeah, I was just, I was gonna say. I watched that play because I was like, "Why was he? What did he think he was seeing there?" I thought he slipped or or yeah, just no. missed through it. He it was just, just he bad. said he said Devonte's mad. I'm he's gonna catch this ball right now. I'm gonna like the route was not the route that I think either Jimmy G was hoping for or it he was thought he I don't know. Here's here's what I think it was. I think the Lions were just saying, "Throw the ball. Do not let Devonte Adams have the ball." You can have throw it underneath to Josh Jacobs. Who cares? Because that's what was happening on that play. Josh, Josh Jacobs was wide open underneath. And Jimmy G, I don't know if he didn't see him or if he was just locked in on uh, Devontae in the end zone. But like you said, double coverage and threw it anyways. And it was just like the easiest pick. Right Although I will say there was times in that game where Devontae Adams was wide open. Oh, yeah. yeah. He missed yeah. so many throws. He missed so many. Like it wasn't like the, the Lions were playing a c- incredible t- no. like double coverage. Like there was times where I was like, that had to be three oh, feet to the yeah. left, and he would have been gone. It was a little odd, though. I feel like watching that game, I saw more double coverage on Jacoby Myers than I did on Devontae Adams. Yeah. I just like, don't know if the Lions were finally, okay, obviously he's not throwing it to him, or yeah. he's having an off day, so yeah. we can leave him, Doesn't let him be, or what? I don't know. But yeah, that was that was a weird game. I mean, <sighs> yeah. It was like the, he had a go ball down the sideline, and it was like 10 yards too long. And oh, Devontae, it almost hit the stands. Devontae Adams was, like, the only guy within, like, 10 yards of the ball. Mm-hmm. There was no one around him. He was free for a touchdown, and Jimmy G just missed him, like, by a ton. So it's just, I don't know, it was just just bad offense. And, you know, maybe Aiden O'Connell will turn it around, but. Where did he come know, from? Man. I've never heard of him either. He's There's a, a lot rookie. of these drafted quarterbacks. He's yeah. a rookie. Uh, no, like, do you know what school? No. Okay. Movember I know. King. I know. Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, I was going to say, like. Where is he coming? Where are all these people coming from? <laughs> he was in Purdue. Purdue, oh, okay. the Boilermakers. Not a not a terrible football. School. I think. Move on. Keep here. it moving. Yeah. Um, couple of these points we've we went through when we were talking about the picks. The Jets won the Battle of Mid. Sorry, New Jersey. I mean, <laughs> New York. Um, <laughs> Mahomes flu game wasn't good. Um, one thing that we we briefly touched base on the Kirk injury. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is where we transition the trade, trade deadline, deadline because yeah. Josh Dobbs now the guy for the Vikings, Vikings, which he wasn't. I thought he was playing pretty good for the Cardinals. They for were a team that we all thought was going to be just a dumpster right? blow up. Like I thought they probably wouldn't win a game all year and be the yeah. the Owen sixteen Browns kind of thing. They which that they've much. only won one game, but, but they've still. been close in yeah. every game, and we all thought they were going to be a dumpster fire. They only won one game. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I thought they won more than one. No. Either way, he's been serviceable enough for the situation he started off very good and he's kind of fallen off in the last few weeks and maybe it's just teams have figured him out or i was gonna say i just feel like they don't have enough depth maybe that's yeah that he's just like i gotta like i'm a one-trick pony maybe a little bit i mean for the vikings uh the trade was josh dobbs um 
and a seventh, and you gave up a sixth. So it's not like you gave up some huge amount of capital or anything to get him. Why not? You know, you need a quarterback. He looked pretty good in uh, Arizona for the first little bit. So I'm very, I'm interested why they decided to play the whole rookie. Yeah, I'm a little con- maybe just to learn the playbook. For yeah, a I, I guess give him a week to yeah learn yeah. the playbook. I guess, but or I just maybe, found it kind of interesting. I was gonna say maybe it's just like your season's cooked. You know, Justin Jefferson's out still. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you said, Kirk's out. So it's just but like again, there's another team that's not out of it. Yeah, not really. It's just I think. Um, so I think like all these teams, it seems like they're giving up, and it's like, dude, you're not. You go on a two or three game winning streak, you're right in there. But at the same time, I think you draft a rookie. You kind of want to see what you have in them, even if you bring someone else. I in. think Will is right. The the playbook learning. That I is another think thing. Yeah. Unless this Hall guy goes out and throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns, I think next week Josh Hall will be the starting quarterback yeah, after he learns the playbook. Yeah. Um, I just think you trade for him. Why? why yeah, why? Not, why? What well, was the I point mean, of? you could just have him as a backup. I guess it's just, I don't know. He's been a, a bit weird. He's been a good player. I wanted, I wanted to bring up one more thing before we keep talking about the traded line because you didn't get to say anything about Will Levis, who had his debut last week. Yeah. And he looked fantastic against the Falcons. Um, really just bombing the ball down the field and like, kind of like what everyone thought he was in college. He had that just insane arm and he showed it off this game. He was, I think, second in air yards this week. So a guy can throw nukes. Hopkins um, had a game where he looked mm-hmm. like DeAndre Hopkins for That's once. True. Yeah. And then he might be out this week. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah he's questionable. Frustratingly, well. when I had him on my bench, because I was like, dude, he hasn't done anything all year. Like, what do I need you to failed, do? You failed to account for Will Levis coming in and looking like. Yeah, I just failed to goat. tell the future, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't well, unpeel that banana. No, <laughs> definitely didn't. Didn't even look at the banana. Sorry, well, Clayton. Oh, sorry. I was going to bring up Leonard Williams to Seattle. Helps that. Uh, I like our interior pass rush yes. for defense now yes. with uh, Frank Clark there. Frank Clark, Jerron Reed has looked good so far. Yeah. He's kind of had a resurgence. And then, yeah, like you said, Leonard Williams. Um, Chase Young to the Niners. Yeah, Chase Young to the Niners. That was another good pick for a third. I think the commanders are just kind of giving up, like you said, because they also traded Montez Sweat. Yeah, um, weird. And that was for a second to the Bears. So <sighs> I feel bad for Montez Sweat. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, what, what, is he in a contract year or anything? Like, is he just going to go yeah. there for the last, like, that is, seven it's, games and it's then a probably get traded? Yeah. It's a rental. So but again, that's a weird thing about rentals. A team is renting to a team that's not making the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's for the Bears. Um, they don't have any defensive linemen. Like, they nobody's good. I think Montez Sweat has more sacks as an individual than the Bears do as a team at this point. So maybe they're just hoping he stat pads. And it's like maybe he'll maybe he'll resign. Maybe the money's just way better yeah. in Chicago, and they they'll keep him around. And at the same time, Chicago hasn't drafted anybody good in forever. So it's like, why not give up a second rounder to have us like a for sure good pass rusher? Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to touch base on as well. Um, um, we all mentioned our team, Seattle. Pittsburgh, Will, your team had a loss to the Dolphins this week. I uh, want to get your thoughts on that game here. Uh, I mean, it, we scored first. That's, <laughs> uh, that hasn't happened this year. We looked fine, and then Kendrick Bourne, our top playmaker, went out. And with that, kind of feels like the season has gone out. I mean, yeah. on top of the injuries we've already had. And it's not like I can like sit here and say that, oh, if we weren't injured, we'd be this great team because every team goes through injuries. But it does not help having a lot of our best guys go out. Yeah. Kind of just you got to <laughs> call the season. 
I thought we were going to make some moves at the deadline. I think got calls about Uche, Duggar. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed, too. Uh, like, I, dude, it's so later, frustrating being a bad team and then not trying to make ourselves better. What day was that? What was the deadline? 31st, yeah. Halloween. How, so Wednesday, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. 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 Okay, well, I had a paper due Wednesday. Sat on my phone on Twitter all day waiting for Pat's trade to happen. Didn't touch my paper. Pat's trade didn't happen, so I was just out of luck both ways. New England Patriots, we need compensation for Will. Emotional damage <laughs> yeah, for not for trading and making him wait to write his paper. Seriously. I don't know. I just, I'm just i kind of in the same boat as you. I'm obviously in the same, not in the same record situation. Yeah. We're still in a better position that way. I just think... Maybe it's not, but we've already talked about it. It's probably not the players' fault that we're not good offensively. I just would have liked to get rid of Najee Harris and probably yeah. get some money. But, <laughs> but who, who's yeah. taking Najee? I was gonna say if there's not a lot of toss him in. We'll give you a first round pick too. I, am. <laughs> I don't uh, care. I, I hate him so much. <laughs> I um, I just wish like God, these keep falling off my head. These stupid headphones. I'm having technical difficulties with headphones here. <laughs> really min a mess. I just think like. There's got to be somebody out there that's not worth a lot that is better than Najee Harris. Well, even just for the Patriots, too, like, Uche's a free agent this year, and I really don't think we re-sign him, or I don't think Bill re-signs him. I just, like, why not move him? Why not move him for something? There's just, because like, there's the got to be something. Saying, we have calls for him. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And Tankathon is my new favorite website. <laughs> I just think, like, the way that both our teams are set up, we don't really need the players that we could get rid of and get something for. Yeah. The Najee, the Uche, like, they're, repla- they're replaceable. They're not replaceable as much in your situation as ours, I think. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for my situation, like, Warren is easily serviceable, usually has better games mm-hmm. most of the time. He just doesn't get as many snaps. Mm-hmm. I think you give him the snaps that Najee has right now, I think he's a very serviceable if not good running back in the league yeah and i think either get some draft compensation from Najee or something or i just i don't know <laughs> i don't think anyone's given up anything for Najee harris to be honest with you even as like a throw-in like who else would you be getting rid of on the on the steelers i don't know uh yeah good question i don't know because i don't think i just don't think with the lack of production that he's at i just don't think anyone's willing to take a chance on a running back for really no. any amount of pitch. i just like it would be a throw-in to get some draft picks. Like what? Get, get rid of some worse draft picks and Najee Harris for one decent draft pick. Yep. You know? Yeah. I like can. give away a seventh and an eighth and Najee for a fifth mm. or something like that. An eighth. We're inventing a new draft, a new round to oh, get Oh, there's Najee no Harris. such thing as an eighth? Oh, sorry. <laughs> We're making new seventh. picks. <laughs> Two se- like a <laughs> Two seventh, yeah. a seventh and a sixth for a fifth. And you yeah. can have Najee Harris too because I hate him. But I just, it's like... I was just thinking, like, what did McCaffrey go for when he got traded? It was like oh, it was a th- bunch of a bunch of like seconds and thirds. Yeah, and then I th- twenty twenty three second, twenty twenty three third, twenty twenty three fourth, twenty twenty four fifth. So that's what Christian McCaffrey went for, and he's the best running back in the league. It's like I just don't think you get anything for Najee Harris really at this point. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Scratch him. Um, I think another thing is call Adrian Peterson. Yeah. I think I was <laughs> anything. I was gonna I was gonna go go on another tangent here, but I'm realizing very quickly that we've talked about NFL for a very long time. We haven't moved on to anything else yet. Five thirty two. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So maybe say if we wanna just Chase Young went to the Niners, that's scary. That is so scary. <laughs> that's that's what I scary think. Scary as in I feel but I also feel like he hasn't been it so far yet this career. He, but it, his he's had a very good season so far. 
Has he? Yes. Oh, shows how much. And I, I mean, having him not be the main guy, like having. Oh, I think like, he's he's going to be in the best situation he can mm-hmm. ever possibly be. Like in. it's just stupid. he's a playoff guy, now, player now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's had you know five sacks through the season so far. It's it's not like incredible or anything, mm-hmm. but it's definitely like good mm-hmm. for pass rusher, especially considering like you said he's in Washington. Now you move him to. The 49ers where he's across from Nick Bosa on the other side and Javon yeah. Hargraves and who's their other D-tackle? Whoever it is. Um, but, yeah, just a very good defensive line, very good defense overall. He'll be a good piece there. Uh, I think we should probably move on to NFL or NBA at this point. Or, uh, sorry, NHL or NBA. I think we'll go NHL and then mm. we'll have the new segment for basketball as yes. the main event. I was going to say the basketball season besides this fancy new segment is not going to take that long. It hasn't been that enough really to report yet. No, it's been so exciting and you should stay anyways. No, I'm not saying that we I'm not yeah. saying don't don't show up, but go um, ahead, Clayton. Yeah, I was going to bring up um before we start the winners and losers here that uh some incredibly sad news uh in the hockey world this week. Adam Johnson died after former penguin by the way, died after taking skate to the throat on Saturday in a hockey game and it awful situation. Mm-hmm. Just awful um and then to move on here um i guess as a result of that the whl they've now mandated neck guards uh, which i think is the right thing and i think like i always so i grew up wearing neck guards that was always our rule and minor hockey was we had to wear them and then rasmus dahlin wore one yesterday in his game um, and then today in practice, Eric Carlson and Tom Wilson, they both wore them. I think I think what's going to happen is, I think, uh, because I, I think there's a, I've heard the argument that it could slow you down, but at the same time, after a tragedy like this, yeah. I don't it, think you can make it that It can't argument. slow you down enough to make a difference. No. No. And I never noticed a difference when I played hockey. I would say the one solution that I heard, which was very smart, hockey players wear cut-resistant socks in their skates. So they don't get the Carlson Achilles stab. Why can't you make a turtleneck? Oh yeah, that's cut resistant. They do flame resistant in F one. Yeah. Why can't you make something like? Yeah, like a like a tur like sort of like a turtleneck that just covers right above to your chin. Yeah, it looks probably kind of dumb. But would you rather die on the ice from getting your throat slit or wearing a cut resistant shirt? I just think like you can make it like a base layer. Like if you're gonna wear like a regular Under Armour shirt, just put a little higher and make it cut resistant. Yeah. yeah. Then you don't have to have the big, like, piece, which I can understand some people might find it, annoying. Yeah, it'd be a little annoying, yeah. It's just awful situation. I just think I'd rather live and look yeah. a little weird than... Yeah. Um, and then I guess we'll we'll continue on, um, as we usually do here for the NHL segment. So winners and losers here this week. The first winner, Michael Carcone from the Arizona Coyotes. Got his first ever hat trick against the Blackhawks the other night in an 8-1 win. And up until this season for Carcone, he really was kind of a career AHL guy. He's 27 years old. He had six total goals in the NHL coming into the season. He now has four this season. So that's a pretty good story, I think, uh, for the Coyotes. My second winner here it was... Uh, a toss-up between them and then the team I have as the big-time winner this week. Uh, Boston Bruins, they still haven't lost in regulation. They're one of two teams. Uh, we know who that other team is. It's the Vegas Golden Knights, but 
Uh, I, I've talked about them enough, I think, over the last couple of weeks on this show. So, But the Boston Bruins, um, had they beat Anaheim last Thursday, they would be, I think, probably top spot on the list because they'd still be undefeated. And, I mean, some people really thought this team would be kind of a borderline playoff team coming into the season. But I think that's been happening now for like the last five or six years where people count Boston out mm-hmm. and they just keep moving along. Um, I guess just find guys to r- replace the guys that have left. Pasternak and Marsha, and they're still great. Um, we'll get into another one of their individual players who I have as a loser here. But uh, Matthew Poitras, he's a second-round pick for Boston in 2022, and he has five points in his first nine games. He's played very well for the Bruins. Now the big-time winner. Got the New York Rangers. And this is the first time ever, believe it or not, that the Rangers have swept a five-game road trip, which is kind of an impressive stat because they're an original six team. Mm -hmm. And they've had a lot of very good teams over the years. They were a consistent playoff team in the early 2010s and um, late 2000s, I guess. Uh, as I said, they're 7-2. and two. They've started out strong following what was a really disappointing postseason loss to the Devils last year. And a lot of people were expecting, I think, the Devils and Hurricanes to get out ahead of the Rangers out of the gate this year and be the two strong teams in the Metro. But the Rangers, they've been playing very good hockey. Panarin's got 15 points in nine games. Adam Fox, who I think is at this point the consensus be- er, consensus second best defenseman in the NHL behind Kale McCarr of course he has 11 points in 9 games Chesterkin's been playing very good in these last few games 3-0 with a 9-8 32 save percentage um, the 9-82 I have down here that's Jonathan Quick who is 2-0 he has a 4.9 goal saved above expected he's only allowed one goal through his first two games and I don't think many people expected much out of Quick coming into the season an aging guy Signed with the Rangers because it was his hometown team. Probably wants to finish out his career there. Mm-hmm. But uh, pretty good story there, too. Uh, unless you guys have anything else to add to those winners. I just wanted to ask, what is the 4.9 GSAX? What is that? Goal saved above? Expected. Okay, I was going to get it right. That's the wow. that's one of my favorite stats. for. Basically, it's like, well, it's pretty easy to understand. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking of uh, the EPA and NFL, and I was thinking... I bet you it's probably pretty similar to that. Well, so. I wonder what Montembeau's was the other night against Vegas. I I seen it after the game. It was one point something. I know individually from games, usually like if a goalie turns in a good performance, it's usually one to two. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, like I know, uh, Hill from that game made thirty nine saves on forty one shots, but he had less goal saved, even though he faced ton less shots than Montembeau because it's the high danger chances, I guess, yeah. that you get. Well, it's the expect. It, there's a thing in soccer called expected goals. Yeah. X- XG. It's like, yeah. if I'm on a breakaway, that's an expected goal. Yeah. And if I miss, my expected goal goes up to one, even mm-hmm. if I didn't score. Or, yeah. And it always balances out. Like, if you have five XG and you scored five goals, it means you're scoring every single chance you score. If you only have one XG, but you have four goals, it means you probably shouldn't have scored what you did. Yeah. Yeah. That's same thing, I think, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, now to get into the losers. The San Jose Sharks still haven't won a game yet this season. They're, they're actually o- losers. They're 0-8-1. They are the definition of losers. Um, and as I put down here, there's literally nothing positive about the team. 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe um, they had like one highlight reel goal or something. But the Sharks is a cool name. There we go. One positive. They thing. have cool jerseys. Their home That's, jerseys are clean. I like their new jerseys there that they go. implemented. San Jose last fans, year. you now have two things to think about that you can be happy about with this season so far. But like, I've got to put it down here, or I should have put it down. Could you imagine if the Sharks have like a disaster of a season and they don't win the draft lottery? Yeah, that is true. That would be the one thing that you hope for. I guess it's same in, in the NBA too. It's just uh, you think you know start oh eight and one. You're like, well, at least we got the lottery at the end of the year. Uh, and then, yeah, if you get there, you get all the way to the end and you're still terrible and you don't win the lottery, it's like, uh, yeah. Well, because the Blackhawks weren't supposed to be the favorites for the lottery, right? Wasn't it supposed well, to be Anaheim? Were, yeah, so Anaheim had the best odds. Ana- Chicago had second best odds, so it's nothing oh, okay. too egregious. But, like, like New Jersey won it, New Jersey's won it twice from being, like, six best odds or something ridiculous. Edmonton. I think Edmonton a couple years ago, they were, like, ninth best odds and they won it. That was I say. the McDavid one. They had the fourth best. And that there was, was one that I don't think they got a good pick out of it that's, in the end, but I thought they had one that was really bad. That's kind of, and that was kind of the prime argument against tanking was the Sabres that year had just an awful season, and then they don't win the draft lottery for so McDavid. It doesn't matter anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think McDavid's happy he doesn't have to play in Buffalo anyways. So. Yeah. But the whole Sharks thing here, the argument I was going to make for why they aren't the ultimate loser, even though really by definition they, they are. are is because if you had asked San Jose fans before the year, they would have wanted as much losing as possible. Yeah. Like, they probably would have wanted the team to... I mean, you want your team to still get some wins, so maybe they would have wanted, like, 10 wins on the year. <laughs> Zach also just texted me, too, because he's listening to the show. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood's actually been pretty good. He's had a 907 save percentage. He's lost six games. I, I w- I've seen that as well. But that maybe that's, that's their not one, the worst stat. Their one positive is that maybe the goalies have been good. Kakinen as well has a 907 ice checked it like, too. But there's teams that are, there's goalies on other teams that are doing much better that I have worth save percentages. Okay, so. San Jose fans, three things now. So you can't even be mad anymore. <laughs> three whole things to be happy about. That's a lot. Another loser here. I mentioned it or hinted at it during the Boston segment. Charlie McAvoy handed a four-game suspension for a hit to the head of Oliver Ekman Larson, and it was just. It was not a good hit. Um, raised his shoulder, which meant that there was intent. Usually if you go in and you go like that, means that you're looking to make intent. It's like hitting up when you have a football helmet on and you're hitting up yeah. at someone's head. So I think that suspension's well-deserved. Um, now for the ultimate loser. There was no other pick I could <laughs> really think of here. Um, whether you think the Ottawa Senators should have been stripped of a first-round pick or not, I think that they were the obvious choice for ultimate loser this week. You wouldn't say the Flames? <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty bad they one. They put in a good effort last night. So yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. Uh, They've been bad this year. But I, I had to put in the sense here, though, because they were stripped of a first-round pick. It's tough. And so for those of you who maybe have been living under a rock, the reason why they were stripped of the first-round <laughs> pick... Goes all the way back to the 2022 trade deadline when Vegas's trade with Evgeny Dodonov got called off because Anaheim was on his no-trade list that Vegas was not aware of. And then he went to the Canadians. Yeah, he did go to the Canadians. Uh, Played but, like what ten games, and I think he left again. Yeah, <laughs> like. But originally, when Ottawa traded him to Vegas, he had a no-trade clause, and Vegas asked Ottawa, "Does he have a no-trade clause?" The senator said, "No, he doesn't." So Vegas was not unaware of this no-trade clause. 
And whether you think Vegas should have done their due diligence or not. I was going to just say, we were talking about this. I want to say this right now because I just want to make my point here. Yes, go ahead. Here's the thing. This clearly doesn't happen a lot in the NHL. I'm guessing Vegas has obviously probably never been lied to about no trade clauses before because if it, if they have been lied to before and it was a common occurrence, the Senators wouldn't be being stripped of a first-round pick. It's the Senator. Now, you can make the argument whether it should be the Senator's responsibility to tell Vegas, and I will, I will absolutely listen to that argument, that I think that instead the no trade list should be sent to a neutral like NHL trade registry or central registry, I believe is the name, who then gives it to the team that trades for him. Mm. But so let's say Vegas goes and asks Dodonov, do you have a no trade list? The Senators have just lied to him. How do they know Dodonov's not going to lie too? So then who do you believe? My thing are is... You just, are you just going off of, we're going to play a guessing game then and hope one we're team gonna is We're going to hope he's right? true. Right, yeah. It is, it is... Sorry, I keep No, no, I, I'll finish after it you is, done. It is Ottawa's responsibility to give the no-trade list. And had, had the Senators told the truth in the first place, this wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. My thing is... For Vegas's situation, yeah, it's not hard to go on Google and look up. It's all public. So, so which is something that Zach said. Zach P. He texted. <laughs> yeah, no, we were talking about it before oh. you got there today. We were at oh the bar before, friend, and yeah. he was talking and he was saying, as much as yeah, you should have told him. An agent or the GM can easily, or they should, I think they should be, any player you're trading for, you should probably do a little bit of a background check. Yeah. It's like if you're getting a job as a normal human being. But, yeah, at, at, this, this, at the same time, too, I think Terrell... I think it's got... I, I'm, I think, I'm not... I think, I think Terrell was about to make the same point I'm about to make mm-hmm. here. I'm not disagreeing so, that... Why should... Okay, who's a more reliable source in this situation, or who should be? The Ottawa Senators are cap-friendly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, I no, I understand and, that. And I'm, Pierre, think, I'm not was, saying that they're not wrong. What they was, did, I was going to say as well. There was an article that Pierre LeBrun had published when the deal between Vegas and Ottawa happened, because Sanders fans have been bringing it up. Is that there was an article published by Pierre LeBrun that said Dodonov has a ten-team no-trade clause. But okay, so do you refer to Pierre LeBrun or do you refer to the Ottawa Senators? It's 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 like. You're, you. Why would you not trust the team if in the trade? Like that just doesn't make sense. No, you there should. Was, and yeah. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm. I'm not at all saying they're not wrong. Yeah. But I feel like if I was skeptical that they were lying, or if it was going to it, I would at least maybe make a glaze. Yeah. Of a background but, thing. I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna ride or die with that information. Yeah. So this is this yeah. is the best. So there was a tweet from Sean Sibson, who by the way covers the Snyder's. So if anything. Kudos to you, Sean, for not showing bias in this tweet, I guess. Unlike me, I am showing a little bias towards my team, but I also, there's another bias I have as well. I don't like liars. <laughs> so uh, I th- I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mad over liars being punished, but uh, here we go. So here was the tweet from Sean Sibson that I think kind of summed up the situation that this is the how I view it. Trade call convo, Vegas. I see the player has a 10-team no-trade list. The Sens then say, nothing was updated. Vegas says, so you're telling me there's not a list. The Sens are saying, yes, there is not a list. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is that not how, sum yeah. up the trade? Yeah. Sorry. 
I, I'm getting a little too intense. No, and, and Taylor, you do have a point as well. Had Vegas done their I feel do- like I would have just covered my own butt if I felt a fishy. I'm not going to take it as a ride. But You're suppo- every single team has a right to supposed to be transparent because yeah. all sports would not work well. Yeah. If yeah. you went and said, Najee Harris, he is the best player in the NFL, and then you faked his stats, and then he went and he was the worst player in the NFL, you would probably be pretty ticked. Yeah. But um, I just, I don't know. I just feel like it is stupid how you can lie about that kind of thing. I think that should be something you should never be able to. Like, it should be like court. Yeah. But Which I think costed Pierre Dorian his job. Yeah. And, yeah, they're all getting screwed over now after it's been found out. But I think from Vegas' side of things, maybe people taking a little bit more of a background or a little bit more of a due diligence wouldn't... Well, wouldn't I can guarantee you this. Vegas will never be... They'll be looking at every... Oh, yeah. They will make sure of every... I was going to say every single... Here on yeah. Put it this way. I'm a Canadiens fan. Yeah. We are the most diligent team. Does he speak French? Has he ever spoken French? Yeah. Does he like Quebec? Does did like it doesn't even have to do with if he's a good player or not. They go so deep into the personality of the person. Like we talked to Sebastian Aho for four months before we tra- before we lost out that trade, and yeah. we finally bid it on. There's some teams that are just so willy nilly with the whole thing that they just go, they just yeah sure come on yeah that sounds good. Whereas there's some teams that just it's such a process to join their team, which a lot of the times eventually hurts your relationship with some of the players because yeah. a lot of players don't want to have to go through that process to go to a team. Yeah. But I think in the end, the only way they're going to get screwed out of uh, – the Canadians, the only way they're going to get screwed out of a deal is p- player performance. Terrell, I know you've been wanting to make a point. I don't want to make a point. I want to say that if we're going to talk about the NBA, we have seven minutes. If we oh. want to introduce our brand-new segment. Yeah. Sorry, we, we went probably, on another we rant. We probably here. should. Quick, quickly, for NHL, then, t- Taylor mentioned the other night the game. Vegas won the first armchair athlete civil war of the season against Montreal. <laughs> Shouldn't uh, have, but that's fine. <laughs> also, I did predict the Ottawa punishment. I had yes. it here down. This was the night before when there was rumors there was going to be a punishment. I said that the delay in the punishment is because Ottawa thinks it's too harsh, which made me think it was a first-round pick. Also, Austin Matthews signs with prime first NHL player, too. Uh, I th- do we not have till 45? Or am I, I mistaken? 30. Five thirty is the scheduled time, but I guess go we'll go see. for the NFL. We'll, go we'll start the NBA. See how far we get. Okay, I guess. Okay, okay. Will you gonna post this to the TikTok? Sure am. Look so, out for that. Do, do, folks, do, do. I was about to say, make sure you <laughs> tune into the TikTok. Watch this. Make sure you get this good stuff. You can watch Will uh, record himself as he posts this. You get the visual too. Oh, at yes. Armchair Athletes. I was gonna say. Instagram, I think this might be the most. The Armchair Athletes Twitter at Chair Athletes, and we got a YouTube. The official at is at Armchair Athletes 196. There's nothing significant about the 196. I think we'll, we'll, think, we'll think of a number. <laughs> yeah, we'll think of something. I think this may be one of the most electric new segments on the show. I, I think like with the it. winners and losers. I think this might be a new staple of the Armchair mm-hmm. Athletes. Mm-hmm. We're the only podcast in the world. That's the end That's of the it. stat, folks. The only we're one. The, we're the only <laughs> podcast in the world. To do this. Oh, okay. I no. paused for a second no, no, no. To, for the dramatic effect. Yes. Go ahead, Will. Okay. So this is our inaugural Baller of the Week. This is our new segment for the NBA. Our Baller of the Week is Luka Doncic. Throughout this week, he's played three games. He's went 3-0. and He's averaged 34 points a game, 9.5 rebounds, 9.5 assists. That's pretty good. And he's been Not borderline 50-40-80, which That's also isn't 50-40-90, but it's... 
it's pretty darn good. Ten percent on your free throw off. That's great. Has anybody ever done fifty, forty, ninety in a oh, season? Oh, yeah. been, there's been lots Cur- of guys. Curry? Steve Nash Curry. has been on there. Steve uh, Nash. I think Dirk too. Dirk probably, yeah. yeah. I guess it has to be depend on the the frequency of each shot that you take. I think there's also like a uh, there's probably like a shot like minimum. In order I was gonna to say like I think Tony Snell went fifty forty. Because I was gonna say he shot like a hundred percent from the line yeah. one season because he had like no attempts. I think Kevin Durant's also made that. But you'd think so. Yeah. We should probably yeah. just let you talk here. Well, that's that's a lot of it. Just he's our baller of the week. He's been balling out. I mean, he's leading the league in scoring right now. His team is tied for the best record in the league, which is surprising. Honestly, wasn't super yeah. high hopes on Dallas mm-hmm. this year. Fortunately, Clayton, but they looked good so far. They have. Yeah. They moved a lot, and I didn't think they received his back as much as they probably moved. Nope. But, hey, outs- we talked about this before the season started. Outscore your opponent, and you're going to win. Yeah. And uh, they are. Yeah, they've had a lot of high-scoring games. <clears throat> yeah, baller of the week. Congrats to Luka Doncic. So then we move on to the James Harden trade, which, believe it oh, or I not, got something, no, I got a quote. the guy who's not really the biggest – basketball fan broke it in the group chat <laughs> i will say that was a I weird trade no. drop that what was it i like? couldn't believe it i thought it was a fake account i seen at first it I'm was like, like midnight it dropped it yeah it, it was really late was and then weird. Woj, the the guy who broke the trade very reliable source falls off the face of the earth yeah. doesn't give any details, details on the trade yeah, yeah. it was like 1 a.m he was just waiting yeah. to go to bed yeah I lost the quote. That's good enough. <laughs> it was a something to the effect of there was an interview today because it was his first day at practice today. About system? Yes. He, so he was asked uh, if he's a system player. It was, and he it, said, it was. I thought it was something about do you think the system in Philadelphia is the reason why you left? Oh. And then he said, I did see that. I'm not a system said, player. I am a system. system. Yeah. Which. <laughs> if that's not a big red flag or a bunch of alarm bells going off yeah. for the Clippers, that's like that is the worst situation to be traded into because I feel that, like there's not you're not the only system guy there, pal. That's no. like in 2K <laughs> when you're my player and you choose like the bad response oh, to the exactly. trade going yeah. down. <laughs> no, that's like yeah. when there's morale on the my team and you have all the best players because you're just screwing around and there's all those guys that get five minutes but they're like really good and yeah. they have terrible morale. <laughs> I feel like. That was not something you needed to say when you no. just got traded to a team that's got three other Hall of Famers on it. Especially when everybody's like, oh, James Harden, he's got attitude issues. He's like a cancer to these teams. And then there's some people that are like, no, he doesn't. And then he says that. Yeah. It's like. So I want to ask as well, for the casual basketball fan like myself, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. This team seem just name value, seems like it'd be like a – the greatest NBA team ever, mm-hmm. almost. This is, this are they? Are they still? Is that those guys are up there in age? Are they still very good basketball? This players? is the greatest NBA team of all time in, in 2018. I was gonna say, <laughs> go back a few years. I, yeah. I, I sent that. I actually sent. The I trade was to my, gonna say. I actually sent the trade to my brother, and I was like, "This team in 2017," and it was the LeBron meme where it's like, "We got a squad now." Yeah. <laughs> We've been seeing over the past few years, especially with James Harden in the mix, mm. super teams don't always work. Actually, they rarely work. Yeah. This feels different, though, because... Different Clippers, in good or different in bad? Different good because the Clippers kept their bench intact. Yeah. Like, even... Oh, they... Add the, the Philly got low-key kind of fleeced. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked, like... As the trade broke and we didn't know the details, I said, I think Norman Powell is I a said Terrence Mann. 
and they're both still on the Clippers, and they're both very good players mm-hmm. to have on your bench. I just think four guys, well, th- I'll say three guys, because Kawhi Leonard's very stoic usually. Mm-hmm. Three very big personalities. James Harden, who had to say that in his first ever interview. as a <laughs> Russell Westbrook, who's not afraid to speak his mind at all. And Paul George, who's probably the least bad out of the three, but I think can still... He's, he, he's, he, left Indi- cocky. He, he left yeah. Indiana because he wasn't getting the help he needed. Mm-hmm. And then he went to OKC on a... Not as big of a super team, but more of a... A very like it was Carmelo a super and, team at yeah, the time. Exactly. Yeah. Went there, didn't work out. Harden went to Houston, was really good for Houston, then couldn't win anything, so he left. Mm-hmm. Went to Brooklyn. Then KD and Kyrie show up. And then again, didn't work out. It's, like I just and then like I just it's happened especially in Harden's career recently. He's following to try and make a team that wins him a championship. And then he goes out there. And says something like that, and it just sends that team on like a downward spiral. Yeah. So, I, again, it would be cool to see the Clippers do well. Uh-huh. I said it a couple weeks ago. I think they could be a very, 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 very good team without injuries, and adding another player that's hopefully available for a lot of the season. Oh yeah, James Harden. That's an insurance move. I, I think, think for worst for case scenario, reasons. Westbrook yeah. and Harden are going to play most of the games throughout the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if all four of them could play a lot, and they do they do do well, that we could see a team that loses maybe twenty games this year. That's just such a big if for that team. It's though. such a big yeah. if every time we see a super team. But with these guys, especially, you're mm-hmm. taking a team that already has their two biggest stars are injury prone guys that don't play a ton, and you're adding a third injury prone guy that doesn't play but a ton. But the key is what Will said: they didn't lose anybody. Who did they yeah, lose? That's true. They lost PJ Robert Covington. Robert Covington, PJ Tucker. I would arguably mean? think is no. They got PJ Tucker. I know, but I'm saying you lost Covington and you got back PJ Tucker. Oh, yeah. It was basically the same. Yeah. You lost the glue of the team and Marcus Morris and Nick Batum. That team's falling apart at the seams yeah. right now. <laughs> Fourth quarter. Yeah. Anyways, wild. my point is <laughs> Batum, my point is re- reinforcing Will's point. They didn't loot like every right. other super team. When there's a trade that happens, the whole bench is gone. Yeah. I think and you got to hope your starting lineup is it. Yeah, I just I think part of that is you're trading for Harden, who's like you said had lots of issues with you know staying on teams and being consistent and lost his a lot of his athleticism and has been playing the greatest. So I think that takes a huge hit on his trade value. So I think the reason you didn't lose all your bench is because Harden isn't the same caliber as some of the guys we've seen traded to super teams in the past few years. Yeah, and when you look at it from a Philly perspective, Daryl Morey talked about, oh, we can wait this out. I'm going to wait until I get the best deal possible. I think you could have waited a little longer, buddy. Yeah. Honestly, though, at the same time, the Philadelphia 76ers would have looked just fine without him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think they finally got to the point where they're just like, this guy's a cancer. Sorry, you can't use that word. Um, it's a bad word for Clayton. We don't. <laughs> well, it's just. It's that's a tough. It's like you never know really what's happening in locker rooms. But I do agree, he does seem like he's not the best. I think with the comment that he made today, obviously he's not good a person. Sometimes (laughs) with his with the way his new teams go. I uh, I just I get a pet peeve out of when when it's like on ice stuff. But yeah, whatever. You know what? We don't need to go down that road. (laughs) Anyways, there is a question mark. If it does work out, we are we are going to see a team in LA that's not the Lakers. I think. Although they did lose last night to the Lakers, but they didn't have Harden playing, so um, we'll see. It's an interesting trade. I think that's that's it. 
Yeah, I think uh, Philly got some insurance with all these picks. They got a first-round pick, two second-round picks, a pick swap, which I believe is with OKC, and then in return for the pick swap, uh, Philly got the Clippers 2026 first-round pick from OKC. So There's a lot of picks there that could be somebody good. Yeah, I mean... And the Philadelphia has been a good drafting team over the past couple of years. Dude, I mean, we talk about this Clippers team being, like, injury-prone right now. Give it four years. What kind of status is this team sitting at, at health-wise, talent-wise? They're all in their late 30s at that yeah. point. At, at the same time, though, too, is it worth it if you win a chip now, though? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the yeah, whole 100%. sole reason why he did it. Yeah. But, like Terrell said... You get a couple injuries and you're yeah. cooked. You They're get into that s- kind of injury prone. You yeah. get into that squ- that tough time of the season where you're probably going to make the playoffs, but you got to play against some good teams in the first round. If your guys aren't fully healthy, like usual, yeah, yeah. Here's <laughs> the the first round picks for the Clippers in the next yeah in the next um, from 24 to 29. OKC, pick swap with OKC, OKC, swap with OKC, Philly, and swap with Philly. So they have no first-round picks. Well, none of their own first-round picks. And they've also traded six seconds. So they just... They're either going to hope they find a diamond in the rough in a couple... Or, yeah, they're throwing all their mo- they're throwing all of it at this next year or two. Yeah. Maybe three years if you're lucky. And hoping to win at least one. And, I'm, I'm and then that's it. Pretty yeah. sure that... A lot of their key guys are up on free agency here pretty quick, too. So Harden is a free agent at the end of yeah. this year. I'm not sure about the other guys. That's why I think they're going all for broke here. Yeah. And uh, hoping that they can all at least play a couple games together. But, uh, yeah. We'll see if Harden asks out by the end of this year. <laughs> real Honestly, qu- would not surprise me. Real quick before we get kicked out here, I see you've got some Raptors points down. Pretty confusing start to the season for mm-hmm. them. Yeah, up and down play, I would say. I would like, say they played a from what I saw. How about them gold jerseys, though? Man, oh, nice. crispy. I like them. I like them. Um, I think they had a good start against Minnesota, who's a good team. Yeah. Yeah. Three games that were not great. I think they played poorly against Portland. Stinkers. Uh-huh. And then they go out like tomorrow night against a team that's supposed to win the NBA championship and beat them by 20. So yeah. it's weird. Do you what? What defense? Defense. That's true. It's yeah, true. I mean, held Giannis and Dame to thirty-one points, and I mean, what did I, every starter? I think Jakob Pertl was the lowest scoring starter with fourteen. I Everybody would. Everybody else is in the twenties. This might be a bold statement. Outside of Giannis and Lillard, Milwaukee, I don't find to be that amazing in my eyes. No. Um, Connaughton's okay. Portis is a decent role player. Are you out on Middleton? Middleton never impressed me. And the points, like, he's good, but I find when it gets to the point when he's in crunch time, he relies on Giannis a lot. Oh, I don't know. Which, I'm just thinking back to, like, 2018, I think, in regular the Boston season? series. Oh, okay. No, the Boston playoff series. Chris Middleton hit two big threes to win that game or to send it to overtime mm-hmm. and then to win that game. And, like, when I think of Chris Middleton, I think of that, but we just haven't seen that lately. I was going to say, that was 2018. Yeah. That's yeah. five years ago. I would have probably agreed with you back in the day that Middleton was a good player. That I mean, is the last five years ago. Holy. 
That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> in the last two years, can you think of any of those moments with Chris Middleton? He's no, been he's been injured a lot too. He has. He has. Which, Again, I just think he's starting to fade. Yes. Yeah. I remember. I can't remember who the analyst was that said it, but I remember seeing that uh, Chris Middleton was Batman and Giannis was Robin. That was a quote I saw before Giannis really took off. I think it might have been uh, Kendrick Perkins. I'm going to be honest. Wouldn't and Kendrick Perkins is the Joker. <laughs> uh, anyways, I just the, not the cool Joker. Looking no. at a t- that team, I think without that production from Giannis and Lou, which we saw against the Raptors, mm-hmm. they can't produce as much. Yeah, you need Portis to step up too, mm-hmm. which I don't think he had a very good game. Again, like Brooke Lopez has his one game, a couple games a year where it's like, wow, Brooke Lopez is really good. Yeah, and then again, he has those games where he's kind of hidden. <laughs> Um, with no Drew anymore, that was a solid, solid, solid guy for you. Yeah. Obviously, Lillard is winning talent-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it's a very good dynamic duo. Outside of that, I'm not convinced. I just I want to say that confirmed it was Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> when, what year do you think he made that quote in? 2019. No. Uh, it's worse than you think. I was going to say it's late. Is it after 2019? Mm-hmm. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to say, I knew it was not like after his rookie year or something. When they won the championship, 2021. 2021. Yikes. 2021, he said that Chris Middleton is Batman and Giannis is Robin. Oh, my goodness. Now, that was that was in that playoff run when I th- this was when Middleton dropped 38. Are you, yeah, do you think he maybe meant it in the time he was Batman and Giannis was Robin at that one single? This is, this is the quote. I was going to say, is this like something that happened, like that, that week he was Batman and that was was, it? It was like in response to that game, he said, (laughs) Giannis flourished well in his role, which is Robin, and let Chris Middleton be the Batman. And then he doubled down afterwards and tweeted, Chris Middleton is Batman and Giannis is Robin when it comes to the Bucks." Don't at me and carry on, which is his thing. So it wasn't like <laughs> this game. Yeah. He let Chris bozo. Chris Middleton let Giannis be Batman. He said, when it comes to the Bucks, that is in 2021. Fair enough. I mean, Fair again, enough. it might be an outrageous statement by me, and I could be completely wrong, and I still think they're definitely a championship team. I just think if those two players don't play well, you can beat them. Yeah. yeah. But how many teams, when their two best players don't play well, can you beat? Exactly. Everybody. I know, but then there's people like the Clippers who if two of the four players don't play well, they're probably still going to win. But I also think... And I just think the benches are just better on a lot of other teams. Yeah. I think that's a valid take for regular season, but in a seven-game oh, playoff series... Playoffs, I, you're not I, I think it's going to be a lot of different situations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where Giannis and Dame don't play good. Yeah. No, I understand that. I just think right now it's... It was a good win from the Raptors, yeah. and I'm not trying to take anything away from them, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the Bucks. Yeah. But I think until the Bucks figure it out, if you're not having them both fire on all cylinders, mm-hmm. they might not as win as many games as people are expecting. Right now, they're 500. I mean, it's only four games, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying. There's a lot of people that were thinking that they were going to run away with it right from the get-go. And I think we could see a team that might not have the record a lot of people expected. I think they lost because the Raptors are too good. I think it, that's true. and I, I think would love to say that, but I also have to be realistic. I'll yeah. say it. I'll say it. I think it's because they're scared of Scotty Barnes. Oh, as and they should he's be. Just, and he's way better than Giannis and Damar combined. Um <laughs> And Dennis Toronto's Schroeder and Scotty Barnes are the real Dame and Giannis. That's true. It's a cheap imitation in Milwaukee. They're <laughs> trying to recreate hmm. Toronto. We got going up here. Again, I just think the Raptors don't have those two superstar- superstars. And um, 
everybody knows their role and plays their role perfect perfectly. There's a lot of the Bucks players that probably don't know quite their role yet mm-hmm. because they're trying to figure out what Dame and Giannis are going to do. Yeah. So down the stretch in games, when your two players that are supposed to be handling all the roles are not playing well and you don't know what role you are, not good. That's fair. That's m- end of me. Yeah, I think we should wrap it up. I think so. One one last point I just want to tell. Okay. It's kind of funny. So I found that uh, James Harden quote. Yeah. And literally the second comment, as I mentioned the 2K thing, mm-hmm. the second comment refers to that. It's minus 25% team chemistry plus 10,000 fans. <laughs> Although in Harden's case, I think it's minus 25% team chemistry and minus 10,000 fans. Because I don't know who's looking at that and being like, I don't know yeah, what clip. I don't know what Clippers fan is going. That's what I wanted. Yeah. yeah. That's what I wanted to hear from yeah. James Harden. Yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in this week. As Thank always, you, tune back in. And if you don't, if you do miss an episode, you have no excuse to not watch mm-hmm. it because Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CMRU.ca. I was going to say it's on CMRU.ca and it's saved, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize until the other day. Yeah. I knew it. That there's a playlist with all our episodes as well. Mm-hmm. So um, there's three different ways. If you don't have Spotify and Apple Podcasts, well, that's kind of sad. So what we're but, saying is um, – uh, every screen in your home should constantly be playing the Armchair Athletes podcast. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, you're failing us. And uh, do better next time. Also, I'm <laughs> and rate us five stars, please. I'm going to try. I'm going to try uploading to the YouTube a bit more. I've been swamped with assignments, as I think all three, all four of us yeah. have. Yeah, it's been um, tough. Over here. So, going to try tough being upload, actually a student. Going to try and upload. Yeah, going to try and upload some more content to the YouTube as the weeks go on. So. If we continue to stay busy, we're moving to the Armchair Academics uh, yes. podcast. I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> not, not my niche. No. <laughs> no. Well, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. Thank Have folks. a good night.